0: to station Adjacent, a podcast at the intersection of analog and digital productivity. I'm Justin Twyford and joined as always by my friend and co-host, the amazing Stu Lennon. Hey Stu,
1: how's life in the med this week? It's hot, Justin. Very, very hot. The Italian Met office is calling it Cerberus, um, which is a strange name for a heatwave, but there you are. Apparently we are under a heat dome. Oh, so it's just going to get hotter and hotter and hotter. So uh, we're at sort of mid to high 30s now, and heaven knows where we'll be at the end of the week. We had one of those heat domes a couple of years
0: ago here. Uh There was one little town that hit uh, 49 degrees Celsius and
1: then went up in flames and burnt down. Hmm. So hopefully that doesn't happen to you. Yeah, that that would uh, definitely put a damper on the afternoon, wouldn't it? But uh, no, generally, generally, I'm okay. Mrs. L is on vacation, as I believe they say, your side of the uh, the pond. Uh, she's visiting Sicily, which is also under the heat dome. Um, and I think she's very much missing the air conditioning that we have in the house, which she doesn't have where she's staying. Oh, oh boy. Oh boy. That'll be my fault. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Everything's your fault, Stu.
1: How's life with no adult supervision? Uh, well, I mean, th- uh, the dogs and I are living the dream. Uh, it's, it's all going terribly well. Um... Uh, to be honest, it's that sort of weather that all I have to do is say air conditioning and the two little white dogs come trotting into the office. Um, Chicago is still, oh, she's so frustrating. She lies around in the garden. Uh, she's used to being outdoors, I guess. Um, but the only way I can get her in here is is literally by trapping her, picking her up, putting her on the couch, at which point she goes, oh. This is quite nice. But then 10 minutes later, we'll try and get her back in. No, she won't come. These picky, picky dogs. I don't know anything about that at all.
0: (laughs) I'm sort of, um, well, I have no daytime supervision, um, which I think is good, but I'm not sure. Uh, Mrs. T started a new job this week. Uh, After all of her recovery, she finally uh, felt ready and was cleared to go back to work so uh that's fantastic what well, is but i'm having to make my own lunch stew um this is harsh
1: <laughs> well I, mean, I i dare say you might manage your own lunch
0: well i can do but i've you know i you get into the habit of having lunch with your spouse and honestly i enjoy it and uh now that well it's just me and the dog uh the dog oh the dog Speaking of your dogs and the couches, the other day I was having lunch. She she sat there in front of the couch for half an hour, woofing the whole time, because she wanted me to pick her up and put her on the couch. Um, mm-hmm. And I wasn't having any of it. And I kept saying, no. And then she'd sit there. But she sat there right in front of it, staring at it like magic is going to levitate her and put her up on it. And about every well 30 seconds, woof. Woof! It was the most, well, frustrating lunch I've had for a while. <laughs> and then it became a battle of wills, me versus a little dog. I, you know, the funny part is she can actually climb up if she really feels like it. Mm-hmm. She doesn't. She wants me to pick her up and put her on it and then take her off the couch and put her back on the floor. It's oh,
1: frustrating, Stu. Dogs. <laughs> we are ruled by our dogs. I do have a little bit of um, phantom pen feedback. Um, which. Uh, Fountain Pen Feedback. It sounds like it should be a news item. Um, Fountain Pen Feedback from Lisa. Um, uh, Listener Lisa. There we go. I'm really hitting it with the corny stuff today. Um, She heard us uh, babbling on about um, Darren and his Fountain Pen journey. And she came back to me saying, given what you said about his nib preferences and handwriting, he might favour the new Lamy cursive nib. Um, which she couldn't find an EU seller with, with it in stock, but um, I dare say I could probably reach out to Lamy's distributor in the UK, and they they might well one would assume that Lamy would have a Lamy nib. Um, <laughs> yes. But then she goes on, <laughs> she goes on. If he becomes interested in a gold nib, which is clearly where I'm I'm intending to send him, um, I highly recommend the Pilot Custom Heritage seventy four, uh, and I would agree with that. It's a lovely nib. It is yes, uh, and it's quite
0: affordable as a first-time
1: mm.
0: uh, entry into into a fountain pen. Uh, small, smaller pen again, but uh, excellent choice. Good choice. Uh, Lamy cursive nibs. As I said before, me and Lamy, ooh, um, you pay half as much for a dang Lamy nib to replace on a plastic uh, pen as you do the entire pen itself. So. But uh, yeah, I, I've never tried one. Um, cursive nibs are fun. I've got a couple of them. i uh, got a few flank, Franklin Christoph, uh cursive nibs. They were doing those. Uh, but yes, always a good choice too, especially if somebody wants a little bit of flair.
1: And we all need a little bit of flair in our life, don't we? Let's be honest. All right then. So you, any feedback from you or are we are we done? I think we're done on the feedback. What about your tool? You got to have a tool. Oh yes, absolutely. Um, my tool. Uh, power procrastination again. I I thought, hmm, not quite sure what to. I'll move my desks around. So um, I've rejigged my office again, um, just because I wasn't overjoyed with how it was set up before. So I'm trying to. What am I trying to do? I'm trying to have a decent background for when I record um videos. Uh, not because I'm becoming a YouTube star. I'm not. But for um. Anti-money laundering stuff. I I do videos and presentations. It's all very dull. Ah, so you're actually making money on video like most of YouTube. <laughs> well, no, I'm making videos, putting them up there for sale and then going, what, what, what have I missed here? What have I, for- oh, getting people to buy them. Uh, so yeah, working on that soon. Um, but to do that, I have to move my desk sort of quite close to the background, which means I've got one of those floating desks, you know, in the middle. And so that's facilitated moving stuff. Around. Anyway, um, Setup of the week is fine. I'm enjoying it. Um, Spice is lying by my side, so I think she quite enjoys it. Uh, Charlie is on the couch doing uh, unspeakable things to his own feet. Charlie. Uh, Dogs. Dogs. Arrête. He takes me seriously when I speak French. We don't know why that is, but even Margaret has noticed it. When I speak French, he listens to me. So there you are. Um, uh, So, yeah, there you go. That's my sort of... um, uh, I suppose it's procrastination, but it does seem to have unblocked me. I've been much more productive
0: the last few days. Uh, Said so the officer moving the deck, tech deck chairs around the Titanic. It's unblocked me. <laughs> I hope not. Um, what about you? What have you been using this week? Well, what haven't I been using, actually? So I bought this uh, mm. little Pomodoro timer, and I find there's a, a good time to use it. And there's also a great time. For not using it. Uh, so Palmer timers are great for, well, when you want to do things like move your office around or otherwise be focused on, well, let's in, let less interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I found this week I, I had a busy week, to, So I just had to do stuff. And it was the kind of deadlines that you just have to do, which means that you put away all your pretty little toys and, you know, it doesn't matter if I do 30 minutes or, you know, what I need to do is 10 hours on this. um, And that's exactly what I did. When you are motivated and you are particularly into your, into your task and you know, that external motivation, maybe deadlines, it's amazing that you, you don't need these funny little toys to tell you, you've been sitting around for 25 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, you just, you just do it. So, um, yeah, it's interesting to kind of sort of look at that reflection on Promodoro timers and say, yeah, they're great for admin stuff or things that you're, that you have to do that you're perhaps not as excited by. But if you can get really, really excited by stuff, which, let's face it, not all jobs have everything like that, but when
1: you can, you're just going to do it anyway, and then you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, they're useful tools for sort of limiting your time on something. So if you find that you get stuck in email for hour upon hour upon hour, that's where a Pomodoro timer comes into its its own because you just say, right, I'm going to do one Pomodoro on this and everything else waits. Um, and that can be good if you're the sort of person that gets dragged into all that little admin stuff uh, as a way of procrastinating, which
0: I think a lot of people do. Yeah, and the joy about a well deadline is that you don't have time for any of that. You just got to do the real work.
1: Mm-hmm,
0: for sure. I, I guess we we all
1: need bigger deadlines, Stu. <laughs> don't say that. Any anybody listening, don't do that. No, no bosses. No more deadlines. Thank you. We have enough. Mm. What you writing with this week, Stu? What am I writing? Well, well, still no real change actually. I'm 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 burning through the sort of end of a couple of pens. I haven't flushed any of them, but I am getting close to them. But my uh, the one I'm enjoying the most is is the, the Mont Blanc Heritage uh, Rouge Noir, which is the sort of very thin Mont Blanc. Um, it's, uh, it's a bit of an indulgence. It's not the most comfortable pen to write with, I have to say, it's, it's entirely cylindrical. It doesn't have any shape to it at all. Um, and it's very thin which is not great for my big fat fingers, but it's just a lovely pen. Um, it's got I've got a medium nib in this, uh, and I'm using the Diamine Honeyburst ink, the Gibson Les Paul guitar series, um, which is just a lovely little set of inks. Actually, I really enjoy those. <laughs> um, the only uh, sort of drawback I have is I'm using the uh, analog cards, and sometimes I just instinctively reach for the fancy pen, right on the analog card and go, oh, that wasn't a good idea. Still disappoints me every time. If you're listening, Mr. Analog, um, go on, make them fountain pen friendly. Go on, you know you want to. Or just use a normal nib, Stu, not this paintbrush style thing. (laughs) Never going to happen. Well, I do have a couple of fine nibs, but I do
0: avoid them. (laughs) Um, With with my uh, nice fine nibs, those analog cards work fine. So all depends on your ink and your uh, nib choices. Sure. Speaking of cleaning up pens, you said, to you haven't? I
1: cleaned up three pens this week and I inked one. Great odds, eh? Uh, That's that's, that's most unlike you. Well done. What were the pens? Oh, I cleaned up. What did I clean up? I cleaned up uh, uh,
0: my Leonardo Grande uh, Memento Zero, Mm -hmm. which is a piston filler version. I did a Visconti, which is also the vacuum filler version, which means these are a pain in the butt to clean up, Uh, not for beginners, let's put it that way, because they take forever. And then I had another Leonardo wood pen that I have that I cleaned up. Okay. And then just to go with that, I went for, I needed something with color because I was, I'm old school, I print stuff out and sometimes I have to mark it up. And I needed something that wasn't, well, blue. Um, so I, I inked up a Leonardo Memento zero, just a regular one in mango. That's the color of the pen itself. It's kind of a mottled, um, orange-y color, which is very pretty, very, very pretty. Um, this is the pen that came straight from a certain retailer with a discount code, uh, that provided me crap customer service on it. Um, I ended up just buying a new nib from Anderson pens. So I have just a, an Anderson pens branded gold, nib. or it's a steel nib, but it's gold colored in there. Fits lovely and it writes like a dream. It's one of those few Yovo nibs that actually works out of the box, loving it. And I inked it up with Robert Oster, muddy dragon which is, well, I've had that for a while, but it's kind of a, a dark reddish color. There's a link in the show notes. Very nice. And I did something crazy. I even ordered ink, stew today. I haven't ordered ink in a couple of years, and uh, there's a Canadian company that has some special ink, so I actually broke down and purchased it. It's been shipped to me, of course, which means I won't see it for another week, but I'm quite excited. I haven't had new ink in a while. Very good. Very good. I'm sure next, if it comes in next week, it'll be in my pen of the week. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: All right. uh, Topic of the day. How do you balance consumption versus creation? Um, And this is um, in regards to what we do, not uh, procreating the earth. Um, I've, I've heard a lot of online voices uh, and I'm sure Stu has as well, because these are in circles that I hang out in. Uh, there's a big thing to limit consumption and focus on creation. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a theme from a lot of, well, creators, if you want to use that word that just makes me cringe, like nails down a blackboard. Um, But I've always wondered to myself, why? And I've wondered what people are defining as consumption Uh, because I'm not sure all consumption is bad. Um, Stu, any quick thoughts on the topic before I get into my thoughts and
1: talk for an hour? Just just the absolute wonderful irony of listening to creators telling me to limit my consumption, (laughs) to which my thought is always, okay, so I won't buy your course then, or I won't read your blog post, or I won't watch your video, or I just think, Before uttering this nonsense, do they not just think it through for for one little minute and go, uh, hang on, (laughs) just because I think we're probably talking about the same people, um, which we'll, we'll clearly discuss off air because, you know, we're not in the business of rubbishing people, but, um, there are some people out there who keep banging this drum, apparently oblivious to the irony that they're, they're putting themselves in saying, yes, yes, I am a creator. And you should not consume too much, certainly, well, except my creation. Consume my creation immediately and pay me, please. It's Weird, 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 weird. It is. Um, and I, I was kind
0: of thinking about what do we define as consumption? Because, you know, I think in a lot of ways we, we look at consumption as the dreaded social media, mm. um, which, you yeah, know, I, I think in we, we've talked about it. I think both you and I are limiting our, our social media. Um which I guess leads us to a whole question of did you sign up for the new one to give meta even more information about you? But uh, we are we gonna go there? Let's not are we
1: gonna go yeah, go on Stu. Did you sign up? Uh no. Um I I mean I don't use any social media. I occasionally log into LinkedIn and then usually run away and disgust. Um uh, I don't ever go to twitter I don't go to mastodon I don't go to uh Instagram I don't go to facebook um Nero's notes still has profiles in twitter uh Facebook and um instagram uh but I post to those via um buffer so I don't actually see the apps and do you know what I don't miss them so when I heard about threads, I went oh wow uh a whole new thing that i've got absolutely no interest i did just today briefly have a discussion with claire uh when i said do, do, do you think we need to be on threads and she went what's threads okay right cool that's great i love claire she's a voice of reason isn't she <laughs> she certainly is so so that was the uh the Nero's notes team got together put their heads together and went nah what about you are you now a king of threads or a, a threading king or, i don't no. know what the terminology is what does one do on that did you fart on threads or, or hoot or uh, i have no idea what they do on it i'm st- i'm
0: staying off it but uh, yes it's it's a new thing everybody's talking about it it's a bit like uh the apple eyeglasses everybody's hot on it at the moment it's a new favorite
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, f- you know what I'm, I'm kind of over it but that's okay that's just me um, you know, if you're going there, some things I don't like is that it populates your Instagram feed um, and you can't delete it without deleting your Instagram, yeah. which is a typical Facebook uh, meta move, whatever you call them mm-hmm. nowadays, uh, that uh, we're going to force you to be there. And we're probably going to send you emails telling you what all the people you didn't actually follow, but because they liked uh, a
1: post of yours on Instagram. Boom! Your new besties on Twitter. I did hear this that actually, you you can't choose to follow someone on Threads. You you just get uh, what Threads defines as what you want to hear. I don't
0: know. I haven't looked into it. But yes. Anyway, uh, biggest social media app out there. Uh, again, part of the reason that we're talking about this stuff because social media, definitely as a consumption thing, is well mm-hmm. questionable. It has some value if you can get value out of it. I'm not saying don't, just, you know, be aware of it. Um, But I was thinking more in terms of books. I read a lot, Stu. Mm -hmm. And books are definitely consumption. Somebody wrote those there. Somebody's creation that I'm reading. Sure. Uh, Television, movies, uh, news. You can certainly become a news hound. And, you know, I think uh, the Apple news thing is a bit like a social media timeline. It just seems to scroll forever. Sure podcasts, uh, said creators telling you not to, uh, consume, but just create Uh, a lot of them have podcasts. Hey, much like us Mm -hmm.
1: Uh,
0: music, you know, um, YouTube videos, there are so many different things that one can consume. Are they all equally bad? I think that's part of the discussion I want to have. Um, and then I wanted to kind of think about what are people defining as creation? Well, work, Do we all need more work? Mm -hmm. Um, As Stu said earlier, when I suggested uh, more deadlines, no, no, we don't need more deadlines. Not sure we particularly need more work either. Uh, Content, you know, uh, the the people that are quite often saying this, blogs, podcasts, videos, those are big, big creations that people do. Uh, Books. Well, those, I think, Stu, are pretty big creations, right? You put quite a lot of effort into yours. For sure. Um, journals, you know, maybe that's something you're doing privately for yourself. Does it all have to be a public creation just to be creative? Um, and then one thing that I've sort of thinking about for me, the one that hits me is what happens when your work becomes creation. I've seen a lot of these voices moving that way over the last few years, Where they've gone from this been a, I hate to say the word, side hustle, Um, but uh, something they do as a passion project to something that makes them money. And as soon as it makes money, it becomes work. And then do we need less consumption and more work? We're into that vicious cycle again. Mm. Oh boy, it's confusing, Stu, to think about this. So why do we, or why should we, create? Is it complete arrogance on our part? Do we want do we need our voices to be
1: heard? Stu, what are your thoughts? I've talked a lot. Mm. Uh well you know, I think we're in a similar sort of spot in, in that um I think if you want to create, you must consume. That would be one thing I would say. Um if you don't have any inputs then your outputs will necessarily be pretty limited, I would imagine. I mean, unless you, you know, happen to have a fantastic novel rattling around inside you. Um, and I think, you know, the question of why should we create or why do we create, is it arrogance you asked? I mean, narcissism is another word that <laughs> gets gets bandied about a lot. I think I heard David Spark say it today. Um wanting needing our voices to be heard um i don't know it's in many ways it's a very introverted uh expression so uh, you can write on a blog uh, you can say what you want and if you're anything like me then you turn comments off and so um if people have to actually write you an email even that tiny piece of friction will generally be enough to stop people um just sort of trolling your your posts. So it becomes very, I don't know if it's arrogant, it's very introverted. It's just a a way to express something that's on your mind or your feeling and and not get any sort of instant feedback, Um, which I suppose is kind of, is that a worry or is that a good thing? I don't know. I'm not sure. Hmm. Um, I mean, I think, why do I blog? I mean... (laughs) I haven't blogged very much at all in the last couple of weeks. I haven't really felt like it. And I think for me, that's because I've got myself a little bit stuck. So I've been reading uh, too much nonfiction, I think, Um, quite a lot of philosophy. So uh, these things are sort of percolating in my head rather than needing to be expressed at the moment. Stop looking at your tattoo and just read some fiction. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, I have been reading quite a lot of stoic stuff and it's been... Uh, thought provoking but it hasn't sort of translated into me wanting to express myself uh so I just changed it today well last night I started reading some it 's not fiction actually it 's a history um book but it's 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 not philosophical it 's about a real person it 's a memoir um and i'm already i can i can feel my little synapses firing off and ideas coming to me and then i I I read a snippet somewhere, um, believe it or not, in a cocktail menu book, um, which sparked something off. So I'm going to go and investigate that. So um, I feel my my creative juices have been sort of uh, unlocked. But I do, like you, I find it very odd that people could be so evangelical about this. That there's there's almost this attempt to say that consumption is evil and and creation is righteous it's it's weird i mean it's very polemic um and for me they that they are the two sides of the same coin i mean one creates i assume in the hope that someone else is going to consume and one consumes in order to fire the imagination which may lead you to create i, I don't understand the Things, they can't be opposite to me. They have to be the same. <laughs> um, and everything that's out there that we go, oh, was consumption. Well, actually, that's all somebody's creative output. So every book, as you point out, is a huge amount of work. TV and movies cost millions of dollars and have hundreds, thousands of people involved in producing them, even social media, God rest its soul um you know a lot of people put a lot of time and effort into social media it's one of the things that scares us about it um so it it is all creation in a in a really weird way and i just don't quite understand where these people are coming from not just about this actually in fairness but <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah it sort of becomes a, a badge of honor that i'm a creator mm. um you know it's. It, I notice that they're not necessarily saying they're a good creator or that they're solving someone's problems, but just that they're creating. Yeah. Uh, it's. It's. It's a tough one. I'm. I'm certainly looking at it myself, and you know, I think the words that you use were righteous creation. You know, it's. Uh, yeah, something that people people get behind, and they they have. I, again, it's like a, a chip on their shoulder that I have to create and not consume. But I think you're right that there has to be a balance of both. And I'm, I'm okay with consumption. I, you know, again, I, what I think my point out of this conversation from from me is think about what you're doing. Nothing wrong with some of it. Um,
1: you know, even, well, cricket. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd get to that cricket yeah i mean the intention um i suppose it's it's a trope to say the world has sped up and we're all rushing from one thing to the other and we all context shift too much and um there are still some old vestiges of old-fashioned pursuits around so cricket which i know will appeal to everybody across your side of the pond huge cricket fans all of you um but Uh, Mostly, even in the UK these days, actually, cricket baffles people, particularly test cricket. What test cricket means is it's um, internationals between the huge nations that play cricket, um, which are the the tier one cricket nations are England, the West Indies, um, Australia, New Zealand, India, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, Bangladesh. So uh, you may see a sort of empire feel to all that. <laughs> it is an English game. Not any North Americans on there, I noticed. <laughs> uh, well, you're too busy throwing tea into the water. Um, and these games go on for five days. Okay, So a test match is five days. They start uh, late morning, because obviously nobody likes to get up too early. Um, they play for a couple of hours, then everybody stops and has lunch. Then after lunch, you play for a few more hours until you stop for tea. Uh, where everybody has tea and some cakes, and then, after tea, you play the evening session until stumps, which is the the end of the day, and you repeat that four more times, so it's a five day match now I won't get into explaining innings and stuff because we'll be here forever but but there are there are parts of cricket matches where even the keenest aficionado is quietly dozing, so I'm just sitting in front of the t v it's warm. Uh, there's the sound of, of leather on willow. That's a leather ball and a willow bat. Um, and it just not very much happens in certain parts of a test match. It sort of just gets into this very somnolent period. And then suddenly there's this explosion of action and people like me across the country are woken up. Uh, and so all of the fielding team will be jumping up and going, that! And the umpire, who's standing in the middle in sort of White robes. It's very, very, very symbolic. He he considers for a moment, and then he raises his finger, which means the batsman is out. But because we're now in the twenty-first century, what happens is that each team is allowed to review a decision it doesn't like, and it has three strikes at this. Um, if it's right, you keep your review. If you're wrong, you lose your review. So the batsman will then go, "Oh no, hang on, I have a review," and this is all then narrated by the by the commentators. So they will say, oh, there's a player review. The decision goes to the third umpire. Now that'll be a guy who's sitting in a TV van in the car park, watching the same stuff I'm watching. And so first of all, he'll declare the ball a fair delivery. Let's not get into it. You don't want to know. If it is, then you get to see the 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 ball, which is the pitch, I guess, to, to a North American audience, uh, in slow motion. So first thing we want to work out is did the ball hit the bat. Was there any contact with the bat? And so you will have close-ups from different angles. And it's always inconclusive. You, You just can't really see whether it's just grazed it. So then they go, right, let's check ultra edge. Now this is, you'd love this, Justin. It's an audio technology where they marry the video with the sound so that they can say, right, the ball is now adjacent to the bat. Is there a sound? and you see a little waveform if there's a sound. If you see the waveform, that's it, he's hit it. If there's no waveform, he didn't. Because then the ball might go on and hit his leg or the bat may have hit his leg or you know his trousers may have flapped against something. Anyway, so we do the ultra edge, and then we do ball tracking. I know people are losing the will to live. It's great, honestly, you'll love this. Ball tracking is, did the ball pitch, or he hit the ground, in line with the stumps, which are the three little wickets at the end of the thing, which the batsman is defending. So we don't have a plate in cricket. You have stumps. And if the ball hits the stumps, you're out. Then- Oh, there's more. The computer- Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Then the computer says, did the ball hit the batsman's leg in front of the stumps? So if the answer to the first question was yes, and the answer to this question is yes- then we have, we have the potential, Justin, brace yourself for an LBW, which quite literally means leg before wicket. Then the computer forecasts, okay, so the ball pitched in line with the stumps. It hit the batsman's leg in line with the stumps. But was it going to hit the stumps or was it going to go over them or to the left of them or to the right of them? And then the computer makes a prediction. And sometimes, and this is the thing I love the dearest the most, sometimes the prediction is, hmm, not sure. Umpires call. So it goes back to the guy on the the ground. It goes, well, I said it was out, it was out. But often it will be, I'm missing. It's missing. It's going to miss the stumps. And so it's not out. And the batsman goes, ha, told you I was not out. And then everything just calms down again for a couple more hours. You can just doze off, perhaps have a cup of tea.
0: Stu, you never, ever get to criticize me
1: watching cars going around in a circle ever again. (laughs) Most people uh, find cricket incomprehensible for a start and extremely boring consumption with no purpose. Uh, for me it's restorative meditative it's fascinating it's strategic it's all sorts of things i i love cricket and even better than watching it on tv is the old-fashioned way when we again most of the listeners have got no idea what what we're talking about but we used to have a thing called radio and radio was easier certainly at the office and we would listen to the test match. So all of this high drama or quiet somnolent periods is going on. And there are two guys on microphones, four or five days, talking and going, giving you a ball-by-ball commentary and filling all the time in between. And the test match special that's called us on Radio 4 bbc radio 4 um if you listen listen uh i suppose yeah just after this podcast releases there is the fourth test between australia and england called the ashes that series anyway um it's at old trafford in manchester um australia are 2-1 up um five days you can listen to the test match and you can listen to these commentators going off on the most incredible tangents. Think Justin and I are bad? You should listen to these guys because they have literally got about 40 hours of airtime to film. And there's at least, when there's a fast bowler bowling, there's at least 20 seconds between each ball. So there's a lot of time, <laughs> but I love it. Absolutely adore it. And for me, that's great consumption because I'm engaged in it, I'm fascinated by it, I find it restive, restorative. So it's, it's good, that's great. For other people, it's like, what are you doing with your life? So you've discovered baseball with a long-winded version, of course.
0: But yes, out here, well, at least in the old days before everything got into money, we used to have baseball on the radio and it was very similar. It was, there was a certain rhythm to the game. Hmm. and listening to commentators talk about it. I'm not sure the rhythm at this point involves, you know, uh, the third umpire in the parking lot there um, (laughs) and the radio play and all that stuff. It's a little quicker, but uh, yeah, you said you never understood baseball. And I I think you do. It's about rhythm. But yes, I, I I think the idea that you're getting across is that it's okay just to sit back and enjoy that kind of consumption. You don't have to be completely focused on it, you know, the when something happens, the excitement of the voice is going to wake you up and it's going to get you excited to watch it. But you can still sit there for 5 days probably while doing other things, I'm guessing. You're not just sitting
1: with your eyes glued to the TV for 12 hours a day, 5 days a week, but <laughs> well, it does it, it does define your day for you. You know, you, you sort of you get everything done in the morning so that you're ready for the start of play. Um, and then when they go for lunch, you go for lunch. <laughs> and then when they go for tea, you go for tea. Um, they you know they have little drinks breaks and stuff, so you can go to you know powder your nose and everything. I mean, it all works perfectly well. But yeah, it's it's about intentionality, isn't it? That's the the key thing here. Is what is it that I want to do? Um, I I don't know who said it. I've heard it mentioned many times by um by Merlin Mann. Is if your intention is to go and watch Netflix and you go and watch an hour's Netflix, you have been productive. That's what productivity is, is doing what you intend to do. And I think the consumption that people are worried about or concerned about is that sort of mindless consumption or accidental consumption or addictive consumption. So uh, not not pointing anything as tech giants, the idea that, videos automatically follow each other. So you've got the the YouTube algorithm serving you up. You know, you start with watching a video on cricket and you within 50 minutes are at white supremacy. Um, That sort of nonsense or the endless social media feeds or, you know, Apple TV or Netflix, just sort of auto queuing more episodes, more episodes. So. I think those types of consumption are dangerous. And if I find myself sitting in front of the TV and scrolling my phone through email or anything else, then that's when I try and catch myself and go, hang on, what am I doing here? Am I What, what do I want to be doing? Which of these is the distraction and which of these is the task? Which is the thing I want to be doing? What's my intention? Um, and I think that type of consumption is dangerous. It's like... Um, i suppose it's an over overly sugary diet it just you know hits of um dopamine all the time all the time all the time that's how facebook works that's how youtube works and i think that stuff is potentially quite dangerous because you can sit and watch three episodes of a tv show and have no idea what happened
0: (laughs) well i could do that under uh, focus as well and generally not figure out what's going on i'm getting old tv's confusing still (laughs) Um, do you do you find you have any patterns that you get into where you sort of mindlessly consume, or are
1: you pretty good on this? I'm pretty good. Um, but I live with someone. So um, you know, we have to sort of account for other people's tastes and what they want to do. And wh- where where I tend to get into trouble is I will say to to Mrs. Ellison, Well, you're not actually watching this. I am? No, you're not. You're watching your phone. So I've just watched you watching your phone, not watching the TV. And she, I mean, she might point out that I only ever say that sort of thing when I know there's a test match on the other channel or indeed something else that I want to watch. Um, Because my wife consumes like that. She puts the TV on. um, She's Italian, as I think we've probably discussed before. And in, um, you know, the family homes of her family that I've spent time in, uh, one of her sisters is probably the best example. So it's an open plan uh, house in the main main room. You've got this sort of kitchen, you've got a dining area, and you've got a TV uh, sort of seating area. Mm, sounds like ours. Yeah, there, there's a TV in uh, the sitting area that's on full blast, usually um, some sort of um, English TV show. And then there's a TV over the dining table um, on full blast, with some sort of Italian show oh. uh, and no, nobody watching either. Not like ours then. <laughs> no, not like mine either, but there's this sort of, you know, rumbling noise. Uh, and then if anybody spent any time with, uh, with the Italians, you know, five or six of them in a room and it is, it is deafening. Um, Italian conversation works very differently from, from the conversation that that I learned as a boy. So um, essentially what happens is you, Each of you makes your point vociferously uh, with as much hand movement and animation as possible, simultaneously and as loudly as you can. Uh, Repeat until asleep. That's broadly how it works. Um, And it's, by turns, it's infuriating and fantastically inspiring. I mean, it's just madness. It's just all completely bonkers. But my wife will put the TV on because she wants that noise. Oh, God. Um, And and, um, as you're laughing, I'm the same as you, I think. So I'm thinking, okay, there's a really annoying noise that's now distracting me from the book I'm trying to read or the the glass of wine I'm trying to drink or uh, whatever I'm trying to do. And I'm like, I'm going to go and put myself somewhere else. Um, But, you know, horses
0: for courses, I guess. Yeah, wow! Just that idea of so much noise oh, scary, scary. Um, I'm I'm in the camp. I think of controlled consumption. Um, you know, I and that I think is fine. A, a good book, a glass of brandy, comfy chair, some nice music. That will never be considered a waste of time to me. A TV show watched with Mrs. T. As a bit of a break after dinner, we'll sit and watch a show together
1: before we go for our evening walk. I like that. I've got I've got to interrupt you, Justin. I've got to interrupt you, because I, I think you made a very good point. And this is a rare, rare thing. We'll find out if, if I've actually pulled it off. Have you heard of or watched Drops of God? I have
0: seen it, and it is in three languages. Yes. Uh, which means I have to watch... Closely, yes, and I have not hit the point where I have that much energy to put into a show yet. It's on my list, though. it It shows up Apple every time and says, "Yes, you have to watch it."
1: Yeah, uh, Apple is right in this case. It's brilliant, really, really good. Oh,
0: I'll have to put that on my list. Uh, you know, it's it's nice to to do that, but I, again, it's a little like your well, I wouldn't say your uh, crazy Italian uh, systems, but uh, you know the the tv's on it's something we're watching but uh, mm-hmm. you know it's it's about spending time together sure and if my wife wants to talk that's more important than the show yeah um which is why those kind of things take a certain level of of interest
1: yeah, you need to have a, a dual commitment on that one. <laughs>
0: yeah, much like a movie. I'm not sure how the last time I've ever got through a movie, you know, like um, the new movies, A, they're so long, and B, they're just so action-packed. It's like, I, I don't need that much drama in my life. <laughs> um, You know, I but but again, it's conscious consumption. Um, you know, not that I want to throw Mrs. T out on a ledge, but um, my wife does. I'm well, not quite as bad of a habit as... Uh, Do's wife having TV on is just chatter in the background, Uh, but she will be indecisive of what she's doing. And and my TV has a timeout, but the way I've got everything set up, the TV goes off because the Apple TV says, ah, that's it. It's bedtime. We've sat here doing nothing for however long. Uh, But my receiver and my surround sound system will stay on. And it is one of the things that drives me nuts. Like, This You know how there's certain things that um, you have to just put straight when you walk into a room because they annoy you? Mm -hmm. This is one. Um, My wife will be watching something on TV, leave the TV on, well, until it goes to sleep and leaves a receiver on, and then she gets distracted, whether it's on her phone or she gets up and does something else, but she doesn't turn things off. Mm -hmm. And to me, the process is you turn on the TV when you want to watch something, you don't just browse when you want to watch something and then you turn it off when you're done there's a defined start and end in there and oh my gosh it it is one of those things that we um discuss which means
1: <laughs> i complain
0: about it and she ignores me um but you know that's how it works right
1: for sure that's exactly how it works i mean uh, while we're doing a little whinge and whine about that i my wife is away on holiday and yet this morning she still managed to get me into the car driving halfway to the city to the post office to collect a parcel for which she will have absolutely no use until she returns in 10 days but it had to be done today (laughs) take the dogs for a ride mm oh no, 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 no The idea of the three dogs in the back of the car i think they would all have been quite ill quite quickly it's too hard for that stuff but yeah anyway no i i agree with you i think for me i mean i'm now home alone so um i you know the world is my oyster i will go upstairs um as i said to you at the start i will mix myself uh a nice grown-up beverage i'm i'm thinking another negroni might be appropriate this evening And then with my Negroni, I will go and turn the TV on and I will watch an episode or two of a a season or a series that I'm watching. Um, Then I'll prepare myself some supper. I will have a glass of wine. I will eat myself with no TV. I don't do supper and TV together. Um, I will eat my supper, enjoy my glass of wine, then I will go back and watch some TV. And then yeah, last thing you do is you, well, for me, you turn off uh, the TV, the receiver, the soundbar, all of that stuff. Then you go around and check all the doors, and then you go to bed. This is my, my daily routine. I can't, no, the idea of TVs on, on standby and stuff, no, can't do it. Mm-hmm. I, it's weird
0: because I was just thinking about you when you said that. I've, one of the places I get a lot of time to myself is in my camper. Uh, and my camper actually has a TV and DVD player and music and all, all of that built into it. Um, and when I bought it, I turned it on just to prove it worked and I have never actually turned on the TV since then. Sure. It is the last thing I would ever think of sitting outside. Cause I'm usually parked up somewhere nice mm-hmm. and finding a reason to watch television. I don't know. Um, maybe that's just me. Maybe I just have an aversion to it. I don't even listen to podcasts out on the road. If I'm if I'm in the camper, it's just me and the sound of nature. Mm. Uh, and I'm kind of like that. If I'm left to my own devices, uh, you know, I'm up, up here. My routine is my TV watching is an hour a day that I watch something. Well, hopefully forty minutes because it's usually a show on TV. Uh, but that hour a day I spend watching something with my wife. And then the rest of the time I'll come down, I'll read a book, I'll have said glass of brandy, you know, and, and just kind of enjoy life that way. It's, uh, it's interesting. I've cut back on a lot of creation projects over the last few years too, Stu, I'm not sure if there's something you've done or just kind of goes in waves, but you know, some of the things that I've cut back on, um, you know, switching back into this consumption versus creation is. You know some of the podcasts that I was doing, some of the blogs that I was doing, a lot of the social media, um, and I, I just have a couple of things for creation left, and they have their I I call them reasons, but they're 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 reasons that I enjoy doing them, mm-hmm. and I get some value out of them. True. But um, this this mindset of we cannot consume, we must only create. I think is 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 not always in the best interest it's it's a bit like the the task management view of the early two thousands. You must always be doing something and you've got to work off a checklist and yada yada, yada. um there's a time, there's a place. I'm not sure that it always serves everybody, everybody's best interest to always be doing something. Take a moment enjoy some consumption, mindful, of course, um, and find a level that works for you. How about you? What's your creation look like over the last little while in relation to your consumption? Any changes? Are you pretty
1: much the same? Well, I'm very quiet on the the writing front. Um, I mean, in part, that's because I finished the draft of, of Sean and I wanted to give it a little bit of space. I have to give it a bit of space. Um, just because I think the whole idea of finishing a draft is to give it that space to then come back to it and read it um, with a with a new eye and edit it. Um, editing is quite a brutal process, and I think you need to to give yourself a little bit of time. That coincided with the summer coming um, and you know more outdoor stuff. So uh, you know f- uh, we're just discussing for the tv and everything i i have a tv outside so i go and sit on the terrace and watch tv and enjoy the breeze and um uh, i cook outside it saves me having to wash the cooker <laughs> all those types of things so yeah that has pushed back a little bit i've still been um sort of beavering away um sort of internally i haven't been pushing stuff out but i have been working on a few ideas that i've got um, and. Um as I said at the start, I have I've found myself a bit stuck with my reading um, to the extent that I was literally reading a page a day and then go, yeah, that's enough of that. Um, so I've now kicked that. And I think this evening I will probably, um, after I've eaten, I will spend an hour or two on the terrace with with my little Kindle um, and actually just read for pleasure. Maybe put some music on, you never know. But um, yeah, it's, I think the the idea that you should, Uh, Create rather than consume is flawed, but also you must guard that you don't get to a place where you cannot create because you consume so much.
0: Mm, That's a good point.
1: I think there is a balance to be had. I think, um, by the same token, I think there are people who don't want to create anything. Certainly, you know, not in this season of their lives. When I was young, I didn't want to create anything. I wanted to go out and party. Um, And there's nothing wrong with that, I don't think. But if you find yourself think, yearning to create or complaining that you don't have the time to create, then perhaps you need to look at your consumption. But generally speaking, to me, it's it, I can't fathom how, how you could not do one and the other. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I think I'm with you on there. All right. Any takeaways from this one, Stu? Uh, well, variety is the spice of life. Um, if you're only reading nonfiction, then go grab a novel. If you've got a week off, uh, find a test match. You'll love it. Trust me. Yeah. I think you're going to need to translate a lot of that stuff for me. Um, <laughs> yeah.
0: I, or, and our listeners, if any are still with us at this point, thank you for, uh, putting up with cricket now by Stuart Lennon. There we are. Yeah. The, the, why I think is the most important for why are we consuming? Why are we creating? do what fits in your life. Um, but to me the constant pushback uh, against consumption is wearing. If you enjoy it and if you find value of it and it doesn't interrupt other parts of your life, go ahead
1: and consume something. Do it mindfully though. Oh very Zen like that was, wasn't it still? It was indeed. I'm, I'm feeling quite philosophical all, all of a sudden. Ah, I could have to go get a tattoo of something. Oh almost certainly no no tattoos until the winter though i've i've declared a moratorium i'm enjoying swimming too much mm. i see, don't have that problem but uh, still mm. i i don't even have a good
0: tattoo artist around me that i'm i'm aware of um i think my kid wants to go and get a tattoo at some point for the whole family so oh cool uh, that'll probably be the next one but we shall see
1: where can people find you on the interwebs this week Stu? Uh, Well, you can still find me at stuartlannan.com. I mean, it's been a bit quiet, I'll be honest.
0: Are you uh, creating there?
1: Uh, Well, I created last week, and I will, I think, be posting something tomorrow, but we'll see. Um, uh, By all means, email me at uh, hello at stuartlannan.com. If you're interested in uh, anti-money laundering, why? Um, But I also have a site at limeconsulting.com, where you can... If you want, you can buy a basic course in UK anti-money laundering law. I mean, who doesn't want one of those? Probably less boring than cricket. Christmas gifts for everybody. (laughs) Or if you want to buy people pencils or really nice notebooks, then perhaps you should go to nerosnotes.co.uk. I'm not really on social. Nero's notes is on social, but if you do sort of ask me anything there, I probably won't answer because I probably won't read it. So drop me an email at uh, hello at com, Or you can reach Justin and I both at stationaryadjacent at gmail.com. What about you, Justin? Where can people find you on the interwebbies? Well, I'm still in the usual places, but I haven't been creating much this
0: week. And you know, that's okay. There's, there's uh, a time that you're interested in creating your, not as interested in creating. And this week, well, I just wasn't. I'm consuming lots. I'm reading actually some really good... I've I've gotten into. I hate to say the word old-fashioned books, but, you know, books that were written 80 to 100 years ago. And I'm mm. really enjoying it. You know, like classic literature. It's just fantastic. Anyway, it goes very well with uh, said brandy. Because, you know, I'm just a snob. Our next topic... This is one Stu's created. Do defer, delegate,
1: or discard? Killed that list. Did I say that right? I, uh, I mean, pretty good, Justin. To be honest, I mean, you can you can see that I used to run a training company, can't you? We we like a little bit of you know onomatopoeia. We like a little bit of alliteration. All that. Do defer, delegate, or discard? You could just hear Anthony Robbins saying that sort of stuff. But you got to jump up and down and bounce when you're saying it too. You know, that's what he does, right? <laughs> yeah well if i jump up and down and bounce the you know there are earth tremors i mean just things go wrong mm. but um yeah I, I think it's it's worth revisiting um everybody has these lists everybody procrastinates me more than most uh, and this is one way of of beating them cool all right until then goodbye and stay productive yasas